I tell you, I'm fired up. I don't, I don't even know how y'all, but I'm about to bring some thunder. Amen. I, I can't help myself when, I, when we think about the goodness of Jesus. My soul cries out to him. Oh, man, I, I get a little excited. I'm, I, I ain't going to apologize no more. Amen. Amen. Before I get into the sermon, I always pray to our Father uh, because I can't do this on my own. I can't. I can't even tie my shoes without it. Let me pray. Our Father, which are in heaven, Lord, I thank you. Lord, have your way in this place. Lord, I just ask you, Lord, that you just give me the words to say to your people. Let me not straight to the left or to the right. Don't speak whatever you command me to speak. And let it be a demonstration of your Holy Spirit power. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I don't know about you, but my heart feels like it's about to explode. I'm serious. I thought I was having a heart attack or something. My, it's, it's pounding with love, man. I can feel, feel them in this place. and I, 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 You know I like to move a lot. I can't help it. I can't help it. But we've been talking about, and I'm, I'm starting a series. Uh, the Lord said they need to know about my love for them. My hallelujah. He said, when I told you last week about the greatest love story ever told, that about how Jesus uh, came and what he had done for us, and, and there was a, a great thing that happened, and it was the greatest story ever told, and the uh, greatest love story ever told. And then this happened. This, the love story, if you didn't know, the love story continues. It just didn't stop on what he did on Calvary. It continues with us. And then uh, uh, I got to ask a question. How many of you folks have toured? Amen. 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 Good, good, good. Now, how many of you folks, if your child went missing, I went away, would look for him. Even if your child was the worst, he was a brat. Okay? He gave you a hard time. Said things straight away. The worst of the worst, kid. How many of you still were searched for? Whew. See, you know why you were searched for him? Because that's your child, right? So if I ask you a question, why, you would say, because that's my child. This is it's a given. It don't matter what my child has done. If my child goes missing or strays away, I'm coming. And I'm going to be relentless. I'm not going to take no for an answer. Ain't nobody going to stop me from getting to my child because that's my child, right? You pursued. Just imagine your child went missing. Over a, over a certain period of time, everybody else stops looking for her. Except for mama and dad. Because mama and dad and their parents, they never give up on their child. In the same way, our father never gave up on us. 
Even though we have strayed away, even though we have done things that we shouldn't have done, even though we even was angry at God at a point, even though things didn't go so well with us and you were praying, you've been praying and God didn't move, you've been doing things and that you shouldn't have been doing and you kind of drifted away. But see, nothing can separate from your love because he is Jesus. And he said, listen, my, my, my child left, but listen, I'm going to pursue him because I love him. I love her. No matter what he have done, no matter what she have done, I'm going to pursue my child. So I want to talk to you guys on the message of in pursuit. In pursuit. The Father, God himself, is in pursuit of you his children. And not just this was the greatest love story ever told. It's a continuation of this story. You see, listen, because we may be with the Lord, but sometimes we get a little antsy and we kind of stray away. We may not pray the way that we used to, but he still, even though you strayed, he still pursues your heart. Now, why would a God do something like that because he loves us that much. So let's journey to the book of Luke. Let's see what Luke had to say about this, uh, what Jesus was doing here. And I'm going to get, oh, man, I can feel it already. Hallelujah. He said, and, and in Luke chapter number 15, in Luke chapter number 15, verse 1, he said, now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Aren't you glad that he decided that he decided to eat with the sinners? Aren't you glad that he didn't say, oh, I heard the mother, I'm finna get up and I'm gonna go to the ones that who are say they are righteous. Aren't you glad that he decided to eat with sinners? He said, they all gathered, tax collectors and sinners was gathered around to hear Jesus. Something about Jesus draws us to him. He said, every, he said they, went to go, they went to go hear from Jesus. He said, this man welcomes sinners like me and you. So I can, I can just see myself. I see Jesus, and he's preparing this great meal. I bet the food were real good, too. And I could just see him preparing this big old table, this feast, and I see him. And they was like, man, well, usually we can't go over here because it's, it, we're, we're not allowed because we're sinners. But no, he said, come on. He welcomed you and I to sit at the table and eat with him. Hallelujah. He said, then Jesus told this parable, man. I get excited. Jesus, Jesus told this parable, man. I'm about to lose it. Jesus told this parable. And this, well, the parable is, is a story. Jesus said, suppose one of you had, has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. So let me put it on the shelf where you can reach it. So suppose you had 12 children, and you lose one of them. What 
what you do. You find them, right? So if you, in our sinful nature, will go have to have the ability to go find something that has been lost, then what is our God would do more for us? He said, suppose you had just a hundred sheep and loses one of them. He said, doesn't he leave the 99 in open country and go after the lost sheep until he's fine? See, that's why I get the, get the shouting and stuff. See, y'all don't know when to shout right there. Because listen, I was one of those lost sheep. I'm a, let me tell you a little something. See, I was one of those lost sheep that was in his, in his, in his presence. And I kind of strayed away and did my own thing and try to kind of got lost into the world. And, and, and I was in that open country. But nowhere you can't run from God because he's everywhere at the same time. But see, he continued to pursue what was lost. I was lost, but now I am found. See, you was lost at one point in your life. But he loved you so much, he, he, he put all that aside about the life that you have lived, all the things that you have done wrong and used, the conviction, the condemnation that you have felt, all these things that you have done in your life, he put it aside and said, I'm going to go get my boy, I'm going to go get my daughter, and he pursued you with everything that he had because he loved us just that much. He went after that lost sheep. He said, and when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder and goes home. See, I get excited about the little things in the text because, listen, a sheep ain't that smart. So am I. I need some help sometimes. I strayed away. You strayed away in some things. You did some things. But he said, listen, and when he found him, he didn't say the sheep, he guided the sheep back to walk. He picked the sheep up. Y'all don't get it. He picked the sheep up and put it on his shoulders. And then walked them home. Y'all remember the story about the footprints in the sand? Even though I was lost and the, the trials and tribulations of life have really brought me down to the point I was exhausted. That sheep was exhausted with life and the troubles and, and things of thereof. And he said, listen, you ain't even got to walk, sheep. I pursued you across this country to find you. And then I'm going to lift you up. You ain't got to walk no more. I'm going to carry you. I'm going to pick you up, my sheep my son and daughter and put you on my shoulders and then I get a little bit more excited and they go home. I get excited about that going home part, man. We got a home going celebration that's going to take place for us believers, I tell you. But he picked that sheep up and he brought him to a place where his presence was. That's where home, because a shepherd have a sheep and have, and they, they have, they're in the field and the shepherd usually is there. And where the shepherd is, that's where all the food 
food is, the necessity is, everything's where the shepherd is. And the great shepherd by the name of Jesus, if you didn't know, I'm about to tell you. And then and Jesus had the great shepherd came. He said, I'm going to bring you back to a place that's in my presence. And I'm going to give you all the necessities and food that you need because the shepherd always take, take, uh, take care of the flock. So now, oh man, man, not only did he pick you up, then he said, I'm going to take care of you. He said, then he said, listen, then he said, I'm going to tell some folks about this. Amen. He said, then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. Sometimes when you read the Bible, you got to see what the text does not say. You got to read it and see what it does not say. He not only did he say he's going to tell some folks, he said, he said, rejoice with me. He said, I have found the lost sheep. He didn't say that. He didn't say, I found the other sheep. He didn't say that. He didn't say, I found my brother's sheep. He didn't say that. He said, I found my sheep. So the word my would indicate that that sheep is solely yours. I found, let me, let me help y'all, let me help y'all out, let me help you out. I found Terrence, the lost sheep. I found Dominic, the lost sheep. I found Brian, the lost sheep. I found Shane, the lost sheep. I found Grandma Chicken, the lost sheep. I found Jasmine, the lost sheep. I found you, Kelly Crossing, the lost sheep. That's my sheep. That is my child. I get excited about this because this is, this is the greatest love story that continues to be told. Because his love never fails. His love covers us. His love keeps us. He don't matter if you're straight away. Don't matter what you have done. His love still meets you right where you're at. His soul, man, you preacher now, I'm about to give you the mic. Everlasting love. The Bible says agape, that means unconditional love. I like that one better because that means, that means right here, that means that no matter what I have done or doing, he still loved me despite of what I have done. So listen, I don't know about you, man, but I've done some things in my life, man. And I still struggle with some things. But he said, despite it all, sir, I love you. He said, what he wants most from us is just a relationship with him. This is the simplicity of the gospel. Because if I'm in a right relationship with him, I said this last time, if we're in a right relationship with the Father, we don't want to step outside of that relationship because the relationship of love, when you know that somebody loves you, you just don't treat them bad. Amen? So when you're in love, hallelujah, that's the reason why he said, if you love me, keep my commands. See, we focus on the commands part and not the love. We worry about the commands and all those commands. I can't keep them, Lord. But he said love first. 
It's the law that gives you the ability to keep those things that he has said to keep. It's that love. It's a relationship with the Father that he wants. I have, to, I have to talk about it again because I want you guys to get this. Before the garden, it was no sin. There was an alright relationship with God. He walked among them in the garden. There was no sin. There was no wrongdoing. There was righteousness and holiness. They knew no sin. So when sin entered the garden, and everybody's saying that sin entered the world, Jesus said, I'm going to go down and fix it. And what he literally did on the cross that day when he, hallelujah, what he literally did on the cross, and when he was buried in the tomb and he rose up with all power in his hand, he was victorious. What he literally did, he restored the balance. He made it so as if sin never entered the world. It's a right relationship. And now he's saying, listen, if my children just know how much I really love them and the compassion that I have for them, I'm telling you, they won't even want a taste of this world because I paid it all. Another example that I want to give you, and I said this last time, but I still I want it to, I'm gonna talk about it again till y'all get it in the main in the name of Jesus. In a relationship, in a marriage, right? And some of us have been married for a while, a long time. How, who's been married the longest? 52 and 53. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Can you put up with me that long? Amen. I hope so. I hope so. Fingers crossed. <laughs> 52 and 53 years. Now, now with 52 and 53 years, I guarantee you know her like the back of your hand. And you know him like the back of your hand. You know what he's about to say. Sometimes you're talking, you're like, he said the same story for 20 years. I've been, listen. I know, I know what he's about to say. Okay? Because you know why you know him? Because of that 53 years you spent with him. And that same aspect of that relationship, that marriage, it's the same marriage that God wants with us, his children. To be in a marriage, to know him so much because you have spent so much time with him. And the thought of stepping out and committing adultery with the world detests you. Because you love that other individual, yes, that much. So it's about love, and that's the simplicity of the gospel. I'm telling you, we make it too hard. The simplicity of the gospel is love and what he did. That's the reason why he said the, first, the greatest two commandments, love God with your whole heart, mind, and soul. And the second one is this, love your neighbor as thyself. And these two hang the rest of them. It's these two. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. For so who else, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's love. Because in him, in this relationship, it identifies who we are. Because if we don't know who we are and who, who, who made us and who created us, then the world will identify us. And we'll follow what the world says about us. 
See, it don't matter what the world says. What matters is what the Father says about you. The world can say whatever they want to say, but Jesus says you're loved by me and nothing can separate you from my love. No height, no depth, no anything, no past, nor the future can separate you from me. So why does it matter what somebody else says about you when the Father sees you as this? You are the apple of his eye. He said, rejoice when I have found my lost sheep. He said, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So not only is the people rejoicing down here when they found their sheep, he said that the whole entire heaven knows your name. So that hallelujah. So I, I get a little excited about that because if they know my name, that means that uh, evidently I'm going to be in the place where they're going to be. So I, I, in the place where they are is in heaven. And I get a little excited about this heaven because in that heaven it's described the street been paved with gold. And I ain't never seen no, no gold streets. And I, 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 by golly, I got to see it. And, I, and listen, he said the glass for this. He said the sea is made like a sea of glass. And look, it won't be no more weeping, no crying, no mourning. And no more death, no more all of this stuff that we have been in this world. And I get a little excited about that because they're rejoicing. Not, the reason why they're rejoicing, they're saying, listen, soon they will be here. So I'm going to rejoice right now. Amen. And I get a little excited about that. You see, we need to know our identity. I'll, listen, I ain't going to be long today. I'm, 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 look, y'all probably saying thank you. <laughs> ain't going to be long today. But listen, we got to know who we are in Christ. And when we find out who we are in Christ, it's in this love. It's, listen, it's not about all the stuff that I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to follow this, I got to follow that. No, that's called religion. It's about a relationship. Because when you're in a relationship, you don't want to step outside of it. Because you're so in love with the other person. We're so in love with him. He said, listen, if you love me, you obey my commands. So he said, listen, when you love me, you don't want to really step out. And even just even if you do step out, he said, I'm going to still love you the same. Listen, I'm, uh, listen, I'm not going to condemn you because I don't condemn. Even if you do step out and dance with the world. Y'all seen the moves. Hallelujah. He said, even if you do step out and dance with the world, I'm right here. See, that is what we call unconditional love. That don't, it means hallelujah. It means that, listen, no matter what I have done, no matter if I dance with the world for 5, 10, 20 years, I can always come back to the one who said, I love you. To the one that said, it is finished. To the one that said, you are overcomer. To the one that said, I love you. No matter what, I can always come back to him. See, he's hallelujah. I ain't gonna stop trusting me. He's in pursuit of us. Listen, sometimes we run. He said, catch me if you can. I'm the gingerbread man. But listen, you can't outrun God. He's everywhere at the same time. He's constantly pursuing you. How does he pursue you? You start tugging at your heart so much that you're like, man, I need to get my life right. I need to come back to my first love. Hallelujah, because ain't nobody can love you like Jesus can. 
My, my wife loves me, but she ain't unconditional love like Jesus can. Because some stuff she might not tolerate, okay? Hallelujah. Some stuff she may not tolerate, but Jesus, in his own unconditional love, he will say, ah, come here, son. Pick yourself up. I'm right here. I know that you're sinning. I know that you messed up, but I don't condemn you. I just want to embrace you with my love so that you can feel this love and never have to step outside to the place that you were before. Just come here, son. Come here, daughter. Come back to me. It's a relationship. But then he said, learn of me. Just learn of me. Learn how great that I am. Learn how I will supply all of your needs. Learn how I make a way out of no way. Learn that I am Jehovah, that I am God, that knowing that I am Emmanuel, God with us. And learn these things. Because in this life, like Shane said, you have trouble in here. But see, when I'm in a relationship with Jesus, it don't matter when trouble comes because he's with me. Hallelujah. And if God is with us, then who can be against us? See, but here's the problem. We get this good sermon, I hope it's good, on Sunday. And then Monday, we forget what the preacher said. I'll tell you, listen, nothing can separate him because we don't know our identity, the learning part that we're messing up on. We know that he loves us, but we haven't learned of him. And how we learn of him is through his word and spending time with him. Sometimes you just got to get down and say, Lord, help me. Just, just help me, man. I don't even know what I want to do. Just help me. And, just, and that's, that, that's where the relationship starts. Because in a marriage, you never go a day without talking to your husband. You never go a day without talking to your wife. In that same instance, that's what the marriage is supposed to be with our father. We never go a day without saying, Lord, I thank you and I need you. Help me with these things. We never go a day without it. The marriage that he made was showed us how the relationship should be with him. See, but we got to know who we are in him. And if you didn't know, I'm about to tell you. See, listen, I, I, I got a little something that I want to show you guys. See, we ought to know who we are, right? So I got my DNA results up here. Hallelujah. I, I, some of y'all just a little confused and they didn't know who you are and who you is. And then and the, and the enemy comes and the world try to identify him for yourself. And then I'm trying to tell you that, hallelujah, you're, you're somebody. But see, just in case you didn't believe me, I took the liberty of doing DNA on everybody in here, okay? I just did some DNA on everybody in here. While you were asleep, I was up there creeping and give me some DNA, okay? You were drooling out the mouth and I kind of got that. And I took it to the king and I said, hey, hallelujah, let's, let's do this DNA. So I got my DNA results and the results are in. Hallelujah. How many of y'all watched Marvel before? Hallelujah. Amen. So the results are in. I got them. Hallelujah. When the whole hallelujah, you said, listen, man, I don't know who I am, so y'all can send it to it. I know you did. You can send it to the DNA test, so you want to know just who you are, too. So I'm about to tell you, according to these results, that hallelujah, that it's not 50%. Not 75%, 
not even 99.9%. It says according to these results, 100% that you are the child of the most high king. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And nothing, listen, listen, you're a child of the most high king. That's the end statement, the beginning statement, and nothing can stop you. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? And I am a child of God. He said, those who are children of God shall overcome the world. So I ain't got to worry about my circumstances because I am a child of God. If you receive it today, give the Lord a hand, clap and pray. Got my DNA. Amen. Amen.